yard line and Illinois had a timeout. What a football game and what a play right at the end. Caleb Tanner got pressure and it was Markel Dismuke who was there to knock it away. Victory formation coming out for Nebraska in an incredible football game. A lot of things that you could look at in this one and say, oh boy, Nebraska could have done a lot of things better. But they gutted this one out on the road and should get out of here with a win after a couple of knees. I'm so proud of you guys. I'm so, no, forget proud, I'm happy for you guys. You can't imagine where else I'd like to be in this whole world right now other than here with you guys. Hey, makes me so happy for you, what we just accomplished. Let it be a stepping stone. Fix the things that need to get fixed. Let's keep getting better. Bring it in on me, come on. Oh, yeah. Welcome back into the Big Red Revival podcast, episode five. With me, as always, I've got the quarterback, Zach Ravy, and the coach, Drew Burson, sitting in with me, in with me today. Uh, Nebraska is able to go on the road at Illinois, get its first uh, road victory of the Scott Frost tenure, and improve to 3-1 and one in the season and 1-0 and oh in conference with a uh, stellar come-from-behind victory, 42-38 to 38 in Champaign on Saturday night uh, underneath the lights. Zach, what did you see out there Saturday night from the Huskers? Well, I saw that we're, uh, we're starting to learn how to win no matter the circumstances. We had a lot of turnovers. Uh, we had a lot of things go against us. We had a lot of penalties. Um, we had a nightmare start uh, to the game where we went down 14-0. Right. And we, yep. we, we ultimately stayed poised. We kept battling. Um, I think that Colorado uh, second-half meltdown, you know, really taught our players a lot about themselves. You know, nothing nothing Got to keep fighting. Football. Yeah, yeah, no, nothing, uh, nothing's given call. Everything's earned. Illinois, Illinois, just, Illinois made us earn that W on on Saturday. And you know, uh, a staggering stat up to this point in the season is, you know, we're everyone knows it. We're killing ourselves, but the actual numbers that that show that this holds true is the fact that we've given up 101 total points so far in 2019. Mm-hmm. Forty of those points have come from offense turning the ball over. Jesus. So. Of, those four, of those 40 points, the opposing offense, uh, they averaged a start point in the field at, at the 25-yard line. So, you right. know, they're already basically in the red zone. Um, we eliminate these mistakes, and the Husker de- defense averages only 15 points per game, and we're sitting in the top 20 in scoring defense in the country. So, yeah. simple, simple, right? <laughs> I, I mean, I think the uh, game was a tale of two halves. I mean, Nebraska came out. And Adrian Martinez came out the first half and looked uh, pathetic. Obviously, there was rumblings on Twitter and maybe even from myself about uh, maybe even bringing in Vedral. Uh, obviously, Yikes. in hindsight, that's, uh, <laughs> that wasn't a uh, great decision or <laughs> wasn't a decision, but yeah, great idea. But then the second <laughs> half, he comes out and he looks like he, he's got that look in his eye and is running the ball harder and being way more decisive when, when he's going to run the ball and then just throwing some good balls out there. Drew, what do you think the biggest difference, or what did you see from the first half Nebraska to the second half Nebraska out there on Saturday? Well, I just think, uh, you know, you guys hit it on the head, but we came out a little flat, a lot of highs and lows. Yep. Most importantly, we fought to the end. The emergence of Wandale Robinson in the past of the run game. Uh, Adrian Martinez played in the, great in the second half, running the ball. Um, 
you know, a lot of highs and lows. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it, it looked great. I mean, they're battling injuries. I mean, Mo Washington's going down. Diedrich all of a sudden can't hold on to the, onto the football. Um, so all of a sudden here comes, uh, the true freshman, super freshman, Wandell Robinson saying, coach, give me the damn ball. I'm ready to take over. And did he take over? He, uh, finished with three touchdowns, 19 carries for 89 yards, eight receptions for 79 yards and kind of had his breakout performance. I believe he was uh, national freshman of the week. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. So just, uh, great to see him. I mean, uh, Mo Washington was giving it us all out there, but he was banged up. So. Just good to see a kid that young want to step in and want to be the guy and want to take over a game. Um, what else do you guys see out there from Wandell that you liked? Well, I really, I really liked his uh, his vision and his running ability. I mean, when he was playing running back the second half, filling in for an injured Mo Wash, his vision and cutting ability, he made the first guy miss every time. Every just time. grinded out yards, grinded out yards. At the goal line, he was tough and just got in the end zone, rolled it in the end zone. You love to see that out of a player. Right. Zach? Yeah, no, I, I definitely uh, agree with what Drew said. Um, you know, Wandell is, I mean, his his first touchdown ever, he he caught that ball out in the flat and kind of left that guy's jockstrap just sitting there on the 20-yard yeah. line and just that, ran that... in, hopped into the end zone. I love that move <laughs> when they hop in there like that. Yeah. Martinez yes. um, does it often, but no, I, I, I think that, like, he's just a natural, natural game changer. Um I saw a fun art, uh, interview with him with uh, one of the guys. I think it was from Ten Eleven here in Lincoln, but um, just the kind of the whole like recruiting process. And mm-hmm. based on based on what I heard from from the interview, it, it sounds like he was kind of pressured into to uh, committing to uh, yeah some family or something. You're right. Yeah, and he said the whole time he was still a silent uh, silent commit to Nebraska, Jeez. and it only lasted about a week um, Kids. into his. Co- yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's the whole thing. But the the one thing that really stands out to me from Wandale's performance on Saturday was the fact that, like, he asked Frost uh, to to get him the ball. And right. and to quote the movie, winners always want the ball when the game is on the line. Yep. And that's what we saw from Wandale. We've seen it from 2 a.m. Um, you look back to Amir Abdullah against McNeese State, and right. and those are the type of players that can break a game open or win the game for you. And yep. and you know we got two of them on our team, thankfully. Three and, of them. Mo Washington's they, a game breaker. Yeah, Mo Washington oh, yeah. also is. He was a freaking warrior yes. out there. Like every time he would make a big play, you know he was limping off, and you better believe you you would see his ass back in there two or three plays later, just trying to make another play. And, Right. And this is this is new culture of Nebraska that Frost has been talking about. And you're seeing it before your eyes. Yeah. You know, the thing that kind of jumped out to me was, um, you know, the second half was that Nebraska had long sustained drives. I mean, they had eight play, 10 plays, 11 play, eight play drives. So it's just kind of a little bit different than what we've seen from them. Um, you know, we usually a quick, you know, three to five plays, you know, either going three and out or five to six plays. So it was good to see them. In crunch time, especially when we're trying to grind the clock out to uh, be able to put together uh, long sustained drives. Um, Nebraska ended up running 98 total plays. I mean, that's the most yeah. plays since uh, 1995 when we played Pacific. So Ugh, that was a beat down too. Yeah. So 95 plays is uh, just, you know, astounding and just ball control. So, you know, seeing the final score at 42 38. You know, it, it's cut. You would think, well, okay, it was a close game. But then you look at the box score and you see 700 total yards of offense for Nebraska and two something for Illinois. But then you scroll a little bit farther down and, oh, oh, there it is. Uh, turnover battle. Once again, 
um, the turnover bug bit Nebraska, um, had four, four turnovers that, that led to 21 Illinois points and really kind of put our defense in a bad spot all of the first half. Um, but it just continues to be a, uh, a sore issue for Nebraska. Um, Martinez now leads the country and, and turnovers with 13 fumbles and seven of them lost. So not the best stat you want to uh, have your quarterback lead in the country in, but you know what? Um, at this point in time for the program, a win is a win and, you know, just kind of survive in advance. But obviously the turnovers is something that we're going to need to clean up if we want to have a chance to uh, accomplish any of our season goals. Drew, do you think there's what, – what do they need – what's going on with the turnover? Why can't Nebraska seem to hold on to the ball? I don't know. It seems like uh, something that's plagued us for many years, a few different coaches. It's just uh... – some reason something we can't in the water, get... huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the Great Plains, I don't know what it is, but uh, it seems to, seems to be consistent year after year, no matter what the team or the coach. Unfortunately for us Husker fans out there, because, you know, it takes years off our life every time we turn the ball over. Absolutely. Um, you know, the funny thing is, Zach, me and you were talking throughout the night, and at no point did we ever really feel like Nebraska was going to lose the game. I mean, we were calling each other, and I was just like, man, I still feel like, because we could feel that we were better than them, and it was just like, Oh, a fumble here, a fumble on the two-yard line. And, well, of course, we'll score off of that. And then that uh, that uh, Martinez forward pass, fumble, came forward, empty hand, whatever. Just the turnovers kept biting us. But, uh, like I said, at, while we were talking, at no point did uh, we think that Nebraska is going to lose that game, which is obviously uh, drastic from last season, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But, I mean, no, like uh... – I mean, it got scary a couple points because right. the fact that, like, we were down 14 several different times in the game and, you know, we we kept giving them great opportunities to, you know, just kind of take off on us and then, yep. they, you know, they would give it back or just kind of stall out. Like, they, that was one of the most non-aggressive teams I've seen in a long time. Like, they had a lot of, they had a lot of opportunities to kind of just step on our throat and, and yeah. really take shots, especially, I mean, especially at the end of the, the first half where they yeah, just right. kind of just ran the ball out and kneeled on it. And yeah. They, I mean, Lovey Smith got booed. Yeah. I mean, after, you saw after the first half. Like, you saw what Nebraska just, did last uh, last week at the end of the first exactly, half. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, um, no, but I mean, you know, going into the game, this was kind of Nebraska was a 13 point favorite. So, we're thinking, okay, this is a nice opening start to the conference season, and this should be a, uh, you know, a relatively easy win for Nebraska. Um, you know, it had been uh, about eight years since Nebraska had been a double-digit road favorite. So I guess that leads to the question, does Nebraska have a tendency of playing up or playing down to their opponents? And, you know, what's, what's the cure for that? Because it seems like that, uh, you know, if it's a tough opponent, you know, they seem to rise to it, you know, at least the last – uh, say eight games or, you know, it's a South Alabama or it's an Illinois and we tend to let them hang around. So uh, what do you guys see from that perspective? Uh, I agree. I mean, I think just like the turnover thing, I think this is one of those things that uh, consistently bites us year after year and coach after coach and don't know why, right. but uh, I wish it wouldn't. Yep. So, um, but um, you know, outside of the turnovers um, also the, uh, the uh, all of looming field goal issue. And, you know, after this game, just noticing it, it's not, it's not just a field goal issue. It's a complete special teams issue um, from obviously the field goal kicker, which I think we're on our fourth one now. Um, we have so one? 
Yeah, no, I mean whoever whoever's in that jersey, I don't know who the hell's kicking balls, <laughs> but uh, but um, so whoever's kicking doing kickoffs, the punts aren't great. We're not getting good punt returns outside of JD's one one uh, return in the first game, and it's 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 gonna get us beat here. The guy on the kickoffs is kicking line drives that aren't even getting close to the end zone. <laughs> I mean, we're getting we're very susceptible to getting one returned on us, and you know with. Uh, conference play starting and tougher teams on the schedule it, it's going to happen if we don't solve that issue but it, what what do you think is going to happen with this kicking game is it something that i don't know they give that soccer guy a look or they go back to maybe the first guy they started with or i mean or is frost ever going to tell us if uh pickering's ever going to come back <laughs> can i just keep can i keep rolling with the comment no comment uh, yeah, it's interesting not to talk about it. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I definitely think Coach Dewitt said it best when asked about the dealing with the kicker situation each week. He said it's a pain in the ass. I mean, it's yeah. just it's this is such a crazy like twist to the season that like what are we doing here? Right? Can we just get informed on what's going on with Barrett Pickering and then move on? Like honestly, if we, just if, if we just know what's going on with him. Then we can like decide whether this all is like something that's going to get solved this season, or it's yeah, going like, to be a season-long thing. I, I just, I, it's it's the weirdest thing that I've seen. At I don't know. There's been a lot of weird things with Husker football. Yeah, you know, after after uh, Osborne and Solich left, that just been kind of off the wall things. But this is right up there. Yeah, it's um, I don't know. It, it just pisses me off beyond explanation. So it's it's crazy, but it seems like it's going to be uh, something that continues through the season. I yep. mean, I, I I'll tell you this: at this point, going into the Ohio State game, it, it ain't a bad idea to kick the goddamn ball out of bounds on kickoffs. <laughs> Give it to them at the thirty-five. Yeah, I am telling you, they I I guarantee you, they are. Ohio State's going to return one on us. Yeah. I guarantee you that because not only is the ball not getting there, he's like I said, he's kicking a line drive. And the tackling's been piss poor too. So it's like, oh, I I can see this train wreck a mile away. This is clearly going to happen. <laughs> this is clearly going to happen. Unless it's Eli Sullivan running down there, then you know uh, they're going to get. Yeah, uh, I saw him miss that touchdown. Tackle, yeah, well, so not ever, like I said before, not everyone's perfect. Yeah, yes, yeah, except for JoJo. <laughs> except for my man JoJo. He's as damn close to perfect as they are. Is is it time that maybe we uh, start putting some of our starters on? On special teams, on defense. That's what Osborne did in the nineties. I, I thought we have been. I thought that was like the big thing going into the season. Like, it was, but yeah, we, we got where's JoJo guys. at? Where's Mo Berry? <laughs> where's uh, Colin Miller? Where's uh, Lamar Jackson? Where's let's Boodle not at? forget. Let's not forget JoJo didn't play with the team for most of the spring or most of the fall camp because hey. he was dealing with an injury. Hey, that guy looks in mid-season form. So. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> we don't. We don't. We don't want him in out of season form either. Yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. Um, but you know, on top of the penalties, uh, Nebraska, you know, once again was shooting itself in the foot with. Um, I mean, on top of the turnovers, um, shooting itself in the foot with penalties had had eleven penalties for over a hundred yards. So it just there's just these little things. Like last week, it was like okay, we had finally had a clean game, one penalty, and it's on special teams. Um, this week, right back to the bullshit. Uh, eleven penalties over a hundred yards. Um, it's, I don't, I don't know at this point, I don't know what to say as far as the fumbling. I do. Penalties go, go ahead. True. Then. True. Actually, I'm, I'm going to direct this question towards you as a coach. Yep. How in the hell do you get a penalty 
uh, coming out coming out of like oh, a touchdown and kickoff, like right, to, like start a half or whatever. A delay a game. Like, a delay, no, yeah. a delay a game to come and start a, a drive. Like, how does that happen? Something's got to go wrong somewhere along the line, <laughs> and that's literally <laughs> on the head coach, right? I mean, yeah, it, yeah, it, no, it, it absolutely or whoever's calling the play, yeah. right? It's I like mean, that's uh, that's pretty mind-boggling. Um, but so you know, I don't know. Touchdown. They're gonna kick an extra point. They're gonna kick off. There's gonna be a commercial break. <laughs> you gotta have a play, right? Right. Like, you would think. <laughs> maybe yep. they just maybe on the headsets they couldn't agree on which play was the play they wanted to run. I guess you know because they've argued about stuff like that before. But how many hours go into meetings as a Division One coach, the where you don't discuss these types of scenarios? How many times? <laughs> how many and times all- did you go over this? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, like, what is happening? Yeah. How is that a penalty you, you take in? Like, especially after going uh, one penalty the week before. Yeah. yeah. It's not one of those things. Effort. Not the um, best effort. You know, we talked about the uh, tail of two halves. Um, like I said, Martinez looked sloppy in the first half. And, I mean, J.D. Spillman really kept us in the game that first half going up. How many, how many of those over-the-middle catches did he make when uh, he caught it and then got lit up immediately afterwards by, yeah, I will say, those uh, hard-hitting safeties at Illinois? I mean, is that what you guys saw is J.D. kept us in that game that first half until Wondell was able to take over the second half? Oh, yeah. yeah no, him him and Mo Wash, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mo Wash made big plays, you know, until he, until he had to leave the game at half. But, and yep. yeah. Those yeah. safeties were hard hitters. They smashed J.D. Spillman. They also smashed Wandale. He made a huge catch in the first half. Yeah. yeah. I, was, uh, I, was, I was shocked of, uh, you know, when they actually did get, move Wandale to running back, um, how well he did uh, run in between the tackles. I mean, it wasn't just yeah. all outside work. I mean, he was running between the tackles. I mean, he looks, you know, like a, a damn midget well, out there, you know. But, for, right, but for, athletes, for athletes like that, I mean, that stuff's like riding a bike. Yeah. You know, yep. like, I mean, he's just – he he played running back before. Right. He played everywhere before. And so, like, when when you start – I mean, when you start to get a handoff and everything, it's like it all just come, comes back to you much like riding a bike. So. Yep. Yeah. And when, yeah. You're, and when you're an elite athlete, you know, anything comes to you easy, you know. Yeah, but <laughs> also mm-hmm. he just has natural vision too. I mean, like, not right. everyone has the vision of a running back. And that's the thing that impressed me the most, his patience, his vision, his making the first guy miss. I mean, he had all of that. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um, like you said, the first half was a little blah. And then, you know, I thought Martinez was missing a lot of, lot of runs again, just not being decisive. Yeah. I mean, he's taken a lot of uh, negative yardage plays uh, on those read options. And just, I don't know, it, the second half, he cleaned it up. I mean, the guy ended up finishing with 118 yards rushing um, and over 300, I believe over 300 yards passing. So the second half, just he came out and looked like a completely different player. And he looked like, the Adrian Martinez of old. Um, and, you know, I think when that's happening, we Nebraska got a chance to beat anybody. When uh, Martinez is clicking, you know, oh, yeah. it's it just you feel good about who you got at Saban Collar when he's got that look in his eye, gets in the flow. I mean, what do, you, what do you think we need to do to help him get in that flow uh, quicker? You know, I mean, it's, he's yet to play a complete full game, you know, start to finish yeah, uh, this season. Uh, I think they tried to do what you were saying when he ran the ball so many times, like eight or nine times in the first half. Yep. of uh, the Colorado game, you know, and he was pretty involved and he played really well and he was nine for nine passing. Right. And I think, I think they were intentionally doing that. I think we just got to do that again earlier, but we did have called runs and zone reads and I don't know if maybe it's in his own head. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you know, it's, 
as much as they struggled to start this year, I mean, after four games, the guys leading the Big Ten and yards per game and passing total passing yards. So it's like, I mean, are we nitpicking here or is 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 it a real thing, Zach? Well, I think you're definitely okay. nitpicking because you're call, calling for. A <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, that was that was a short that was a short five minute window. That was the whiskey yeah, and the vodka, all right? That exactly. was the whiskey and the vodka. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think. I think he is our guy no matter what. Like, he is such a smart player, whether you, you see it or not. And there's little things that I see that, like, it really they really stand out. And one of those things, there's a very minor play that maybe you guys don't even remember. But we're kind of going in on the goal line, and he rolls out to the right. He had Austin Allen in the middle. And instead of, like, throwing him the ball and having Austin Allen get lit up, mm-hmm potentially and like losing the ball because it would have been his first catch of the season. He's definitely got a he big threw, target zone. <laughs> he does, but like if, if, you, if you go back and watch this play, you'll know what I, I'm saying here, but mm-hmm. he throws it at his feet to give, give the offense a realistic chance to score the next play yeah. because that play was going to result in either, you know, possibly like him, uh, bobbling it and going up in the air, dropping mm-hmm. it, getting him smashed. getting split in half like a not yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things, and and like when you see it, you see the uh, the interaction between the two players and and Martinez, and they show the the camera on Martinez and Austin Allen. Austin Allen kind of like is like, what the hell was that? And, <laughs> yeah. and, and Mar- Martinez like, nope. And he pats himself on the chest and he's like, nope, nope, I got it. Now, and no, he did it for a reason, and he's... and it's just things like that. Like he's so good. And did you call so... those intangibles, Zach? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I kind of over-explained intangibles there, but yes. No, I'm just saying, I think that's what I think that's what you're saying. Those are intangibles. That's what scouts. No, he was, just, he, he was kind of just saving his teammate because it yeah, wouldn't yeah. have been a good situation if if he would have caught it. Man, I would, I'd love to see the ball get thrown to Austin Allen a little bit more. I mean, that guy looks good out there. I mean, yeah. I would love to see it get thrown to tight end one, Jack Stolmore. Because yeah, we saw what he did. Jack Stolmore's yeah. a ball player, though. He's a horse. He has a game. Yeah. He has a play of the game, in my opinion. Yeah. And I don't know, just being 6'8", and he's, you know, he's not he's not a, a you know, super thin out there. He's kind of, you know, no, built up a little bit. He's pretty thick, yeah. And he, and he can run. It's like, dude, mm-hmm. where is this guy at in the red zone? I mean, this guy seems like he would be an elite weapon in the red zone. I think he's only got two catches on the season, but – I would love to see that guy get involved with the offense. I think he could be a uh, another threat in the red zone. You know, especially you know all of our all of our playmakers are under six foot. You know, yeah. <laughs> so you know we definitely yeah. And as we saw as we saw last week, as we saw last, yeah. Her Austin Allen, yeah, right there. exactly. So, <laughs> um, you know, the, the tale of two halves, Nebraska to end the game. You know, their uh, drives went. They went touchdown, 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 missed field goal, nail out, game over. I mean, talking about, you know, we talked about in the previous uh, episodes about Nebraska needing that killer instinct and wanting to finish somebody off. I mean, they certainly went out and did that. I mean, that's four touchdowns and uh, a missed field goal and a nail out to uh, close out a, a conference opponent on the road. So that just was a big step in the right direction uh, for Nebraska. Um, you know, they ended up in the second half, they ended up having 380 of their total 670 yards. So just, uh, you know, in the crunch time, they came out and did what they were supposed to do. It just, it looked good. And I think, you know, with, uh, these looming, uh, big games coming to town, that, uh, is kind of what they needed. Um, a little back and forth game, a close game on the road 
And I think that uh, when a road he, uh, victory, yeah, that elusive road <laughs> win and uh, Scott Frost's uh, illustrious tenure here at Nebraska. Thank, so, I mean, at the end of the day, we're 1-0 and in conference. So you got to feel good about that. Um, and just, yep. uh, you know, just going back to the uh, start of the season and the end of the last season, you know, it's been kind of a, it just felt like Nebraska hasn't played a full, complete game yet, clean game, and uh, just played their best football yet. And then you just look at the last 10 games. Nebraska is 7-3 and three in their last 10 games with a road three-point loss at Colorado, a road three-point loss at Iowa, and a five-point road loss at Ohio State. I mean, the, you know, it, it feels like we're way far away, but then you look at the last 10 games, seven and three, with the three losses being on the road, two ranked opponents. Um, and under a touchdown. Yeah, and, you know, less than a touchdown. So it's like, you know, are we are we on to something here? Or, you know, I don't know. It's – we're going to find out real quick, though, here. Um, <laughs> yeah, the big boys are coming to town. Yeah, yeah. so, um, you know, it was announced, you know, shortly after the game that uh, game day was going to be making its uh, way to town. Uh, you know, there had been some rumors all week uh, that, uh, you know, if we won, uh, that uh, game day could be come to town. And shortly after the game, um, they must have been standing by ready to tweet that out. So game day is coming to town. Uh, the Buckeyes, the number five team in the country, are coming to town. So after this little coming to your yeah, city, coming to your city. <laughs> so the big shows in town. So after the break, uh, we're going to get into uh, breaking down the Ohio State game and all that encompasses game day. <laughs> All right, welcome back into the Big Red Revival podcast. Uh, when we left off, uh, we mentioned that uh, game, College Game Day had decided to bring their uh, talents here to Lincoln, Nebraska for the Ohio State game. So uh, with this, this game is uh, one of those games that, you know, could be a program changer, could be a season changer, or, you know, it could be the latter, unfortunately. So when uh, you got game day in town, it just kind of puts a whole focus on your team, on your program, on your city, on your university. And it's, I'm a firm believer and there's no such thing as bad publicity. So I think it's just a great event. I mean, college game day is, I think something that we all watch. Um, It's, you know, the best sports show going outside of uh, TNT's uh, basketball show with Barkley and Shaq. But (laughs) I mean, game day is a staple for college football fans. And when you get one in your city, you know, you need to take advantage and you need to enjoy it because it's been 12 years since uh, the last time uh, game day has been here in Lincoln. So um, it's a big game. It's a big weekend. You've got the basketball kicking off. you got Rick Ross coming to town. Um, game day's in town. I mean, this is, this is what college fa- football fans live for. So, you know, it's time to embrace it. And I don't know, what are your guys' whole views on game day and uh, how it affects the, the, the game or the university or any of that? Well, I think game day is a special event. It's a special holiday. Um, it doesn't come around all that often, you know. It right. means that you're the premier game. Um, I think it's it's going to be awesome atmosphere. Gabrielle Union, Dwayne Wade, Ricky Rose, all in yep. town. Big boys are coming to town. Absolutely. Um, going to be a lot of celebs in town, you know. Like you said. The- Absolutely. Yeah, so. and also, too, it's game day. So, 
I know that you know this because we both lived in other states. Uh, there's a, there's Husker fans littered all over the country, and oh, so to man, get national man. exposure like this, it's something special to be a Husker fan. You're proud of it when you're in your own when you're in the other states, you know, not in Nebraska, and get to show them, you know, what Husker Husker Nation's all about. Yeah, especially uh, you know with uh, with all the recruits being able to come to town with it being a night game, prime time ABC. You know, all of my you know my mom down living down in Texas, and she calls every week. You know, what channel is Nebraska game on? You know, do I get that channel? And it's like. Yeah, no, mom. Prime time, Channel Seven, ABC. It's a, for everybody's got <laughs> Even people with rabbit ears got the game. So you know, it's it's a big, big thing, especially recruiting wise. We've got a bunch of big time recruits coming into town, and this is a time to just to showcase uh, our team, our program, and our state. You know, so Zach, what's what's your feelings on uh, game day? Oh man, game day is the best, dude. I've yes. I, I, Anytime that I have guests on Saturdays or just anybody I know, like whatever it is, like my daughter was less, I don't know, a couple, a couple months old and she was introduced to game day <laughs> as soon as it came on. Like, Gotta start I, li- I, I live for it. I mean, that's, that's just, that's how you start your college football Saturday. Absolutely. Like, there's no, there's, there's nothing else. Like, I mean, even if you're not even watching it, it's on in the background. Yep. Oh like, yeah. Always. You and like they say, you wake up with game day, and that's that's <laughs> how it is. And it's just so awesome for it to be back in in Lincoln after such a long hiatus because of obvious things. But yeah, because the program's it, been down. But uh, man, <laughs> no, just say it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely. But we got we like Bill Moose. He just. Uh, spoke to the media yesterday or this morning or whatever and he was like you know the brand the brand is back yeah like we're we're back on the, we're back on the radar whether we lost to colorado or not you know we're three and one whatever but we we're back and we're back on the national stage we got a whole bunch like you said taylor we got a whole bunch of recruits coming in and kind of our our version of the uh the midnight madness for nebraska basketball on friday night yep. with rick ross yeah how the, the hell PBA. did how the hell did moose pull that off <laughs> jesus back i don't i don't do we want to know he we back, can't, right? we can't really talk about it on podcast yeah he backed up the brinks truck <laughs> <laughs> yeah Bill moose gets down <laughs> with what <laughs> yeah so uh, no but no, you know the the one thing i didn't weekend. realize is uh how long game day's been around uh apparently they've been doing game day since 94 um really? and nebraska's been a part of 17 uh on saturday this will be the 17th time uh nebraska's been a part of it and the um the third time the third episode ever of uh, college game day was actually at nebraska uh it was in 94 when uh, colorado came to town <laughs> so it's uh and also a thing that happened at that game day was um you know, the big thing at game days is all the signs, you know, saying all this, you know, I don't know. Oh, really? Yeah, saying, you know, I don't know, send me beer money, this, that, and third, or whatever. Rudy yeah. Rudy was offside. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's that's a staple. That's, at, that's uh... my favorite one. <laughs> yeah. uh, so um, that was actually started at uh, game day in Nebraska on that third ever Some random uh, guy just walking behind the set. This is before fans were even lined up uh, doing anything. Mm-hmm. It was just some random guy walking behind behind the guys uh, holding some sign and that's just kind of how it took <laughs> off which super funny but uh <laughs> no there, there's a video on youtube and it, it's like it's like a short little like it's like a one minute documentary on it yeah <laughs> it's like and we they, don't yeah, know they, who he is yeah they don't, don't even know, know what the sign what says you sign can't even read said, the hell you can't read the oh, hell sign started <laughs> <laughs> so 
Um, I mean, the most important part of game day coming to your town is, uh, you know, the celebrity guest picker. Um, you know, the, uh, they, they had game day over in Ames, Iowa for the Iowa, Iowa state game. And, Great pick. Yeah. And they, uh, you know, they decided, you know, okay, two in-state teams. Let's see what we got. Oh, let's get somebody that has no connection to the state or any of the universities <laughs> here to have be our guest picker. So we don't still a splash pick though. Uh, I mean, no, it's terrible pick. It's a terrible pick, and it's, I I disagree. Well, it's like, it's a typical a Iowa pick. When you do a, the celebrity picker, it needs to have some kind of relevance to your school, to your state, to the other team, to something. Not just oh, uh, this guy's famous. He sings country songs, so that's who we picked. It's like, come on, man. That's the most right. Iowa thing ever. So I exactly think that was the worst decision ever, and was a typical yeah. Iowa move. Well, we'll see what's worse when we finally make our pick yes. Here. So <laughs> leading into that. <laughs> How do we feel and who should be the celebrity guest picker? There's been a lot. Taylor, of... you and I have the same pick, so I'll just sit this well, one out. Well, yeah, I'd change it day to day. So uh, there's been a lot of rumors of who it could be or who people want it to be. Obviously, you know, Gabrielle Union, um, of Larry the Cable Guy, um, <laughs> Adam Devine from uh, Workaholics, um, Warren Buffett, Terrence Crawford, um, a lot of bit, names have been thrown out there. Um, what are you guys thinking for who you'd like to see be the celebrity guest picker? I don't know, 311? <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, 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 man. I, I have not heard Drew, that one yet. Drew, I, I am shocked. I honestly – I did not see that coming, but yes, those guys are from, from here. Yes. So that would fit the bill. Um, Zach, uh, what say you? How do I follow that up? Oh, geez. 311. No, if, it's, if it's not Gabrielle Union and somehow in, incorporating B-Wade in there, then it's a yeah. fail. Yeah, no, it definitely needs to be Gabrielle Union and Dwayne White. I mean, <laughs> I mean, she she is our biggest celebrity fan, um, and she and she she, uh, she she kind of puts it out there more than any other celebrity fan. Absolutely, do. she'd be tweeting recruits and shit. So I mean, yeah, oh, yeah. shout out to that. Really <laughs> so, and then you know, it doesn't hurt that she's married to uh, you know one of a huge superstar, Dwayne Wade. So it's like he's been here for a couple games. So it's like. Maybe if we can uh, encompass him into it too, you know, I think would be uh, our best bet, best representation of Nebraska. Um, Crazy story I read is the fact that uh, when D Wade went to Gabrielle Union's dad to ask her, ask him to marry her, uh -huh. he he made him promise to become a Husker fan. Yeah, hey, so it's that, real, man. That's, that's what it is. That's this is what, what is. we do. This is what. So I mean, and none of us are surprised by that. That's the funniest thing. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'll be telling my daughters. Uh, whoever comes to ask for that hand, I'm like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Let me hear a go big red from you. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I think um, there's been a lot of pushback on maybe having Larry the Cable Guy be the celebrity guest picker, and I am definitely in that camp of not having him. Um, I nothing against Larry the Cable Guy, but I think it just perpetuates the uh, the hick ish Im image of people and nationally have have of Nebraskans and having Larry the Cable Guy up there in camo. I just think that uh, yeah, not not the not a great look. I mean, like I said, no no disrespect to Larry, you're making your money doing your little shtick. That's fine, but let's find somebody that doesn't uh, 
cast no. that, that image of Nebraskans because I think 90% of the country, uh, that's what they view Nebraska as. So I, I agree. And, and, but when you get a chance, it, you or anybody listening, just go out and see his clap back on somebody on Twitter. Oh, it's no, pretty, I did. I, I definitely saw, I saw it. Yeah. Um, but no, I will say that he's done a lot for the university. He's a tremendous yeah. fan. He's, he's a great supporter of the program. Right. Huge, huge donor, obviously. Um, but there's just no cool factor there. Right. Exactly. It's exactly. That's what we need. That's what we need. I mean, exactly. Look at, that's look why at what Georgia did. Georgia brought in Jeezy. Right. Exactly. Mr. 17.5. Yeah. That's how you get those five and four stars to yeah. campus now. Yeah, they said they wanted to Not see Jesus the snowman. Problem, but... Exactly. <laughs> so it's uh, it's going to be a big weekend around here. He said uh, the last time Nebraska uh, hosted it was, you know, when USC came to town and, uh, you know, kicked us in the mouth. Um, but the last time Nebraska was in a game day was actually at Wisconsin, uh, I believe in 2011 when Russell Wilson was their quarterback. And, you know, Nebraska loves nothing more. Nebraska football loves nothing more to get embarrassed in prime time. And uh, that's, that's what <laughs> Hey, they... hey. We, we were at 14-7 in the second quarter in that game. Yes, we were. Yes, we were. And uh, it that did. was our first Big Ten game ever. Conference, official conference game. Too. Yeah, it was. Yep. And What uh, a welcome. Game day was there. And uh, Russell Wilson uh, ran it up on us. Ended up getting beat 48-17. to 17. So, you know, it is what it is. Nebraska, like you said, Nebraska's got a uh, – Unfortunately, a bad habit of uh, coming up um, short in uh, big spots. So, uh, except for well, Michigan State, I, I guess. Which, <laughs> which leads to me, I guess, to this question: Where do you guys come out on moral victories? Is it a real thing? Boom. Is that possible? Is at Nebraska's point in time right now is maybe playing uh, Ohio State close and getting beat late a moral victory? Or what, what do you guys? What do you guys think of moral victories? No. No, no, no No. more victories. Plain and simple. The only victory that victory. Yeah. W's and L's, huh? Yeah. I mean, some may say that last year's Ohio State game was a moral victory, quote unquote, or whatever. But I'll bet you if you asked any of those guys on on that team, if that's how they they felt, they're not going to tell you that. They're going to say, no, we should have won that game. And I, I watched that game. We should have won that game. Yeah, Drew, um, you you're coaching a uh, floundering uh, high school football team. That's you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> accurate. Yes. Um, I mean, what what's what's your take on moral victories? I mean, it's Ohio yeah, State well, uh, right now is a top tier team. I mean, is this a spot where we could get one of those? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what you would, if you want to call it a moral victory. I definitely think uh, even when you lose, you can take learning lessons out of those things. Right. Um, you can Just build maybe on that. showing that you can play with the you can play with anybody. You know, yeah. that's what we call I, a learning experience. Exactly. Okay. So I'm a believer in those moral wins. I don't know. You know, Zach tried about in standings wise, but I think if you win the moral victories or the learning lessons and learn from those, those lead to real scoreboard W's eventually down the road. So it's a part of the learning process. You know. Yeah, I just think that, um, you know, whether we win or lose, I think just a competitive game and not what, like the last time, last couple of times we've played Ohio State outside of last year. I mean, we've had a couple um, embarrassing losses to them. So I think just coming out and, you know, putting our best foot forward and, you know, like we talked about the previous segment, not shooting ourselves in the foot, not 
not turning the ball over, not committing a bunch of penalties, just playing a clean game, have our heads on straight, coaching, be on top of their game. Um, it just needs to stay with these guys and give us a chance to win. Every facet of Nebraska football needs to be on point and have their head on straight. So it's um, – So, so you winner. I feel like you're kind of giving us a participation trophy. You know what? Hey, that's that's where we're at right now. <laughs> we're not we're not at Ohio State level. <laughs> we're never there. Yeah, well, we're never there. We're, we gotta uh, get there. This is how I, we get there. I would feel comfortable. I would feel comfortable covering. I'm just I'll just say it that way. <laughs> <laughs> say it that way. Um, it's a good Ohio way to State it. comes in at uh, they opened up at 15 point favorites. Uh, it's all lines all the way up to 18 and a half. So. Um, they said 79% of the money is still coming in on Ohio State. So um, the public is not giving uh, Nebraska much of a shake to, uh, to do anything in this game. Not only not compete, but uh, they're, they're predicting us to, uh, you know, get beat by three-plus scores. So Nebraska holds a one-in-six all-time record against Ohio State. That lone victory was, uh, what, 2000, 2012, 12 or 13. 2012 when uh, – And the only reason why we won that game is because we had a linebacker blitz and hurt Braxton Miller's knee, and he couldn't play the rest of the game. Their backup yeah. quarterback played, and that's how yeah, we beat Levan- him. Levante David knocked out Braxton Miller there. In the <laughs> yeah. second he, half. Had a, he had a day that day. Yeah, and, and then uh, Rex Burkhead, he took over in the second oh, half. And, Rex Burkhead yeah. was a stud. What a special player, special player there. So we're one and six all time against Ohio State. So, you know, the history's not boding well for us. But on top of that, we they do have a rookie head coach and basically a rookie unproven quarterback. Uh, I mean, through three games, they look, you know, pretty goddamn impressive. But at the end of the day, who, who have they played? Have they been tested? Have they been to Memorial Stadium underneath the lights, conference opponent? Um, the, just the crowd is going to be absolutely crazy. This is their first game they experience as – the quarterback and as a coach. So, I mean, it's, and not to mention, unfortunately, um, Ohio state, the last couple of years is known to have that one game each season, you know, it could, at Purdue at Iowa, where they just completely shit the bed and end up getting uh, spanked by an inferior opponent. So, cause I think just, if you just match up talent for talent, Ohio state's clearly got more talent than us. Um, but like I said, Nebraska needs to come out, play a clean game, and not to kill themselves, to uh, give themselves a fighting chance. We're, what do you guys think about what we're going to see from uh, Fields and how the new coach is looking there? You know, I'm, I'm pretty worried uh, from what I've seen so far. They're like pretty formidable run pass. Their running back's a three-year starter. He's yep. legit. Yes, he is. Quarterback, six touchdowns, first quarter last week. I mean. Yeah, a record. He threw, had six touchdowns in one quarter, in one quarter last last week. So, um, after falling down early to, uh, Miami of Ohio five to nothing, uh, they <laughs> went ahead and rattled off 76 unanswered. So I Twitter was saying the sky was falling yeah. while, while that was happening. So it just, um, I don't know, like I said, we need to be on, be on our game. Um, otherwise we could get the doors blown off of us. So, um, Justin Fields, obviously the transfer from Georgia, um, is, you know, put himself squarely in the Heisman candidate candidacy um, with the, his play this season. Um, I didn't think that he was going to be as good as he's played so far. The guys came out and looked just dynamic. I mean, I thought that his throwing maybe was not as great as it is and his running is maybe not up to snuff either. But uh, through three games, that guy looks uh, as, as advertised. Uh, have you guys – what have you guys seen from Fields? He's the Terminator. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he can run and he can throw. He doesn't make mistakes. 
He oh. hasn't thrown a pick yet this year. Yeah. So do you think maybe he's susceptible to, you know, coming into his first conference road game as a starting quarterback underneath the lights game day? Obviously, you know, the crowd's going to be, you know, getting live. So um, do you think that has a chance to rattle him or do you think that uh, he's coming out cool and collected and ready to uh, ready to play? I think he'll be fine. I mean, we saw him on QB1. Like, he was right. playing in front of, like, 25, 30, 35,000 people right. in high school. Yep. Like, this isn't anything new to him. Like, he's he's used to the big stage, and unfortunately, he's going to be ready to go against us. But, again, yep. again, he – I mean, when you play on the road in high school on the big stage, that's against a bunch of guys that, you know, may or may not be going D1 – yeah, we got, uh, a, we, we got our defense, who might be the best defense since that we've had since 2014, maybe two, 2009. And I think that, you know, he's going to see a little bit different look and maybe maybe we uh, maybe we get the best of him. Um, the Buckeyes come into this game uh, number three on offense and total offense scoring offense and number three and total total defense. So it's not just uh, an offensive uh uh, team the, they've got I, I think the best player in the country on the other side of the ball at defense then Chase Young that guy mm-hmm. that guy is a grown man playing I mean he's a projected top three <laughs> NFL pick he's going to be looking to uh, to rip Martinez's head off come Saturday so uh, do you what do you think of our cha- our tackles chances of uh, containing him I mean what we're going to have to use chip blocks, double teams, because we're not going to be able to leave our tackles on the island to try to block the guy. Or I, I, th- I think we have the best offense in place possible for this type of uh, D lineman. Yeah, because we can get quick, we can get quick hitters. Like we can avoid this. We can avoid a pass rush on his end, where we can get shit out to to our playmakers. Like we, like we talked about earlier, yep. where we have three, four playmakers out there get it out to them early and then let them do, sp- do, do work in space. Yeah. 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 Like I said, Martinez is definitely going to have to be thinking quick, being decisive on it because it's going to be, uh, he hasn't done that so far. No, it's going to be a one, two, get the ball out and um, you know, yep. get the ball out into space. And like I said, we've got playmakers and I feel good about our playmakers in space. So um, I, I think the only way we win this game is in a shootout. Um, I don't think we're shutting them down by any stretch of the imagination. How many points do you guys think that Nebraska needs to put up to give themselves a chance to win on Saturday? Oof. I would say Go if Jake. we're going to have a chance to win-win, we got to score at least 38 points, I would 38. say. Yep. Yeah. I, I say 35. Yep. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think, we need, yeah. I think we need to score over 40 if we're going to beat these guys. Um, it's going to take a full, <laughs> full uh, team effort locked in to uh, take these guys down. They're a very good team. I think they're the best team in the country. Um, through through four games, um, yeah, they've uh, silenced all the doubters like the rookie head coach, the new quarterback right. thing. Because I was doubting them too, and yep. yeah, they uh, they have uh, they have quelled my doubts there, <laughs> yeah, to say the least. So, <laughs> um, but you know, it's going to be a special day in Lincoln. Unfortunately, the weather's looking uh, not so great. I'm seeing a high of 67 for Saturday. So, uh, ooh, that's that's more than I saw. I thought I, I thought. We'd be lucky to get to sixty, yeah. and then yeah, exactly. And the, the temperature thing isn't the the bad part, you know. It's it's the rain because for me, maybe maybe no, Fields doesn't like playing in, in bad weather. Yeah, for me, the perfect temperature for a football game is like fifty five degrees, you know, like hoodie weather, mm-hmm. hoodie weather, basically. What is what does that do? What does that do for all of the uh, recruits yeah. we have coming in though? And another yep. question I have for you is: Do we do we do we break um, out the black? Well, did you guform? guys see that new uh, the latest uh, like promo? 
banner they sent out with um, where the guy yeah. was in the uh, black unis. So, yeah, that wasn't. But I don't know. I don't know if they're going to announce it beforehand or just going to try to pop out with it. But well, probably not. If it's yeah, I know, Mister Mister Mister. We're not talk, talking about that, uh, Mister No Comment himself. So I but, played the fifth. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I know. I know it's going to be just a great environment. Whether, whatever the weather's doing, the house, the stadium is going to be rocking and the fans are going to be into it. I think mm-hmm. that to give themselves a fighting chance in this, Nebraska needs to come out in that first quarter and keep the game close um, and definitely cannot let them score in the opening possession. You know, that's mm-hmm. just got to, yeah. got to we start need the ball fast. first. Got to start fast and cannot let these guys come out and jump on us early because it's going to put us behind the eight ball and we're going to be, you know, trying to get, get our way, you know, after that. So it's, it's imperative that to start fast and uh, come out, come out ready to play. You know, we can't, we can't fall down 14, nothing to Ohio state. We fall down 14, nothing. And it's going to be another one of those 63 to uh, two games or 62, 62 to three games. <laughs> so it's, it's uh, it's got to happen. But like you said, no, no such thing as bad publicity. Um, it's going to be great to have the college game day, game day guys in town. Um, Rick Ross in town, the celebrity guest picker, just the whole whole thing is just going to be great for the university. And 15 games into Scott Frost era, we've already got game day in town. So, um, like, you know, like Moose said, it's uh, it's already the brand is becoming to be what it used to be. I mean, people are respecting the brand. People are putting eyes and balls on the brand now. So I think it's just great for the university. So um, give me your guys' predictions on what you actually think is going to happen in the game. What kind of score prediction you guys got for Saturday? (laughs) Mm, I would say on on the bad end of the spectrum, like 49-17 – Best case scenario, we win 38-35. What I really think is going to happen is maybe like 38 or 42 to – yeah, like 38 to 21, 24. Yeah. Zach? 31, 20. 30, that's, that's what you think is going to happen? It's a thinking okay. hope. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I, I'm with – I've got Ohio State 45, Nebraska 34. Um, oh, oh. I think – Do you think a lot of points are going to be scored? You don't think the defense will be able to stop anybody? Uh, no. I mean, I think I'm, – I'm, I'm on the overs. I'll just say that yeah. also. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. Um, I think – like I said, I think we end up getting beat by 10, 10 to 15 points. And um, yeah. like I said, I – at this point, I will take that as a moral victory. Um, I know you guys have a nice stance on it, but uh, I think just showing up and uh, putting a respectable team on the field and, you know, not not beating ourselves would be a yeah. a uh, win for us because these next four games after Ohio State, they're looking pretty good, you know. I mean, like good as in we can uh, maybe rattle off four in a row here. Yeah, Northwestern. Northwestern's stays. terrible. Um, <laughs> Indiana's not good. Uh, Minnesota's not good. Minnesota's. So, yeah. it's like just – just keep this momentum going. It doesn't necessarily have to generate a win, but these next four games after Ohio State are very winnable games. We can r- rattle off four of them. So um, anxious to see how it plays out, but um, I don't. I don't think Nebraska comes on comes out on top Saturday. But uh, which leads us into uh, all our great uh, tickets to the window segment of <laughs> sports gambling here. <laughs> Um, last week, you know, Ooh, you, you wanted to avoid this. this yeah. Week, you know, you know, mama said there'd be days like this. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, last week I was flying high in my professional stance, 53% winners. 
plane went um, down. You know, hey, it, it is what it is. Went two and four last week um, to bring me back below the Mason Dixon line at five hundred. Um, <laughs> but it is what it is. It's early in the season. I'm just I'm just starting to get my sea legs. So, um, <laughs> but Drew, uh, why don't you go take us through your uh, picks for the week, uh, and then uh, who with the pick you're going with for the Nebraska? Game. What bet you're going for for the Nebraska? Game? Okay, so. I was a paltry one in five or one out of six games. Not great. Yikes. Yeah. Not, uh, I'm not going to comment on my overall season percentage. It's not great. <laughs> Jeez. Um, so just fade so whatever it, Drew says here. Exactly. I was just going to say, so if you got some smart betters out there in the world, I would just take whatever I say and pick the opposite. Yep. So the first game you're going to want to stay away from is <laughs> – is Wisconsin minus 24 and a half at home against Northwestern. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Northwestern at all. Northwestern sucks. They're no good. Yeah. They can't score. Yeah. And Wisconsin blew the, blew the doors off everybody they've played so far. So I'm liking them in that game. Right. Yep. Um, the rest of them. So all my games are home, home team pick, picks this week. So I got Boston College plus six and a half against Wake Forest. Okay. They're, they're at home. Purdue plus two at home versus Minnesota. And then I got Washington minus ten and a half against USC, um, and then minus four Okie State versus Kansas State. Yep, I think Okie State's got enough firepower that they'll get that done. Absolutely. And then for the Nebraska game, I'm kind of going the other way. I kind of fear their defense. They got some creatures out there. They got Chase Young, <laughs> Devin Sacks, seven and a half tackles for loss thus far. Um, they just fly around the football. They churn out NFL players year after year. So year after year. I'm- yeah, I mean it's a it's a factory. So right. I'm taking a Nebraska under 67, or I mean not Nebraska, but just under 67 for the Nebraska Ohio State game. I think uh, you know they might neutralize huh. the offense a little bit. You kind of kind of led us astray there. So, With the... so Zach, Zach, uh, <laughs> what's that? Um, go ahead. I don't need to explain my tactic, Zach. Yeah. So, <laughs> what? Um... What do you see in this week, Zach, on the uh, gambling side of things that uh, you got to wet your beak with? Well, Taylor, um, after the uh, hard time you gave me last uh-huh. week, I-, I came out again. What'd you go last week? Three for three or three for six. Yeah. So I'm still sitting at that weekend warrior status yep. of 500. Yep. Well, uh, I believe it's a leader in. <laughs> a le- leader in the pack of yeah. of, of us three de- degenerates. Yep. But- uh, here we are. Um, <laughs> I got Memphis minus 11 against Navy right. Thursday night football. Um, I don't think Navy's that great. Uh, although academies are tough to play against. Always. Uh, Cal minus four and a half against Arizona State Friday night game. Mm. Cal's defense is good. Yeah, Cal's a jet. And Ole Miss had the ultimate meltdown at the end of the uh Ole Miss Cal game. Yeah, I saw that. They if, were... if you didn't see that, and and you you knew what the uh, the spread was, <laughs> wow, yeah. what that? That's on the bad beats, huh? No, yep. it was on a good beat for me. <laughs> <laughs> that was the second half of the parlay that closed. Yep. Cha-ching. Winner, yep. um, winner. Iowa State minus three at Baylor. Okay. I think Iowa State's gonna gonna come back. Uh, they they kind of bounce back after Iowa. And, and they'll be fine. Uh, Cincinnati minus three and a half at Marshall. <laughs> Better than the Marshall game, huh? Jesus <laughs> <Hey>. Christ. <laughs> at, the, 
Hey, those, those, that's where you make your money. Yeah, I know. I know you're uh, usually a matching guy. Oh, big matching guy! Can't wait till Tuesday <laughs> nights come around where I get. Matched. Yeah, I, <laughs> we're gonna I, have to move this podcast to like Mondays because I'm gonna get some matching. <laughs> so I hear that. Uh, and then Stanford minus four at Oregon State because Oregon State stinks. Terrible. And then Nebraska pick plus seventeen and a half. Zach is riding drinking the Kool Aid this week. I will not put actually actual money on it because I told you how that goes. But yeah. I will take Nebraska plus seventeen and a half on the podcast, and then I'll just hope for the best and just pray for the best. Well, that's all we can do, man. That's all we can do. Um, hope for the best. Yeah, for me. Uh, I've got Penn State minus six and a half against Maryland. Uh, I think Maryland, you know, last couple of years, they started off hot, upsetting somebody, and then uh, kind of came back to earth. So I think uh, Penn State gets it done against them this uh, this weekend. And then I know you said uh, you like Cal uh, against Arizona State, you know, given the four and a half. I'm taking Arizona State uh, with the four and a half. Um, I like what Herm Edwards is doing down there in ASU, and I used to live down there, so I've got a little connection to him. So, uh works up on that uh, going next uh, Texas A&M at Arkansas Arkansas is horrendous I mean they are as bad as it gets they are the worst team in the SEC and it's not close I think uh, after a tough loss to Auburn last week uh, A&M goes in there and uh, puts it on them um, and then then I'm going with Notre Dame I thought Notre Dame uh, showed a lot last week against uh, Georgia I know a lot of people talk about uh, Notre Dame not going to be able to stop the run, and Georgia is going to run the ball down their throat. Notre Dame looked like an equal to Georgia to me. So they go, they play Virginia this week, and I'll swallow the 11 half points. I like Notre Dame big. Um, outside of that, you a little, would. A little Pac 10 <laughs> uh, after dark action. Um, got Washington minus 10 with uh, USC coming to town. Uh, don't know who's going to be playing for USC at quarterback. They all seem to be serviceable, but um, I like what Jacob Beeson, the transfer from Georgia, out there is doing so I like uh, Washington minus 10 on that and as I said before I'm on the overs for the Nebraska Ohio State game I think this is going to be a high scoring affair and it needs to be if uh, Nebraska is going to give themselves a chance to win so I'm taking the overs on 67 and a half uh, for the Nebraska Ohio State game and praying Nebraska shows up and gives us uh, something something to root for on Saturday night so that's it, guys. What uh, Any closing statements to you guys on uh, this big weekend ahead for Nebraska? Yeah, uh, my closing statement is let's go out and win this one for Ricky Rose. Ricky Rose, exactly. So you guys uh, attending any of the events this weekend, the basketball uh, thing? Or, Zach, you're going, to the, you're going to the football game, correct? I am going to the football game. I'm not going to the basketball thing, um, and I am not going to game day. I feel like I can appreciate it more if I sit at home Absolutely. and watch it and listen to what they're yep. saying. But yep, game day is for the kids. Let the kids enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll enjoy it from my couch. But exactly, you know, uh, we're coming down to the to the game. Going to be at the uh, Blur Tailgate uh, Saturday, uh, having some cocktails. So rooting on the Huskers. You know, I tend. Nebraska tends to play better when I'm outside the stadium, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give Back. them a fighting chance and uh, let them do their thing and watch from afar, <laughs> far outside the stadium. But uh, should be a big weekend, guys. I am I am beyond excited for the weekend and uh, hoping that uh, you know something special can happen here. So that's uh, all you can ask for this day and age. Just 
a chance. We're due. That's all you can ask for. A chance to be great, and Nebraska has that chance this weekend with Ohio State coming to town. So, uh, with that being said, we're going to wrap this episode up. We appreciate you guys listening. Uh, feel free to uh, tweet us uh, at uh, Big Red Revival uh, on Twitter, um, or send us an email at uh, Big Red Revival Podcast at Gmail dot com. Uh, send us a little feedback or questions or anything you guys maybe want on the next episode and uh we'll be sure to get back to you guys but uh go big red and let's uh let's have a good weekend guys